everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of The Drive. That's right. It feels like Monday. Boy, does it feel like Monday, especially when you've been gone for a week or 10 days. You know, it worked out. That was great. It was. A, turned out I took five days off and got 10. I like that. I like that kind of deal. But that's what happens when you include two weekends and a holiday in there. So, so anyway, it is the Tuesday drive. Feeling like Monday even more as uh, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com joining Bill, Dan, and Drew, the regular crew, here uh-huh. on the... Uh, on the Tuesday drive. That's right. It's great to have you back, Bill. It's uh, it's a uh, it, it it was we we did our best to keep the keep things going without you uh, last week, but we hope you enjoyed your time on the uh, on the Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, it you know what was the weather was beautiful while we were there. It did not rain on us until we were on the way back, and then it poured almost all the way back. I mean, it took uh, about forty five minutes longer to make it back from Pensacola than usual because it was raining. So hard. I take it that it rained a little here. We did get my some, yard. My yard was not yeah. completely yellowed. Had a yeah. Had a couple of uh, of, of really imposing uh, rainstorms. I was in Montgomery last night, and and there were some uh, some some nasty. Oh, storms that, there was well, there that, was uh, that, that blew through. There was rain at the at the annual cele- Fourth of July celebration that the vests put on. I was out there at the Auburn one. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, there was serious rain. And it's, that's about a half a mile as the crow flies, or as whatever flies, from my house. Dry at my house, poured over at Floyd's. We, Crazy. We were sort of on the fence about whether or not my, my folks live uh, pretty close to where they do the Wind Lakes annual right. uh, fireworks show. And, and we were sort of on the fence about whether or not uh, they were going to actually do it because the storms were, were you know, they, they, they were still right on top of us at 7.45, 8 o'clock for an 8.30 fireworks show. And there, there hadn't been an announcement or anything, and we just sort of assumed that it was over. And then right at eight thirty one, I mean, it's Boom. yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah, like yeah, it sounds game. like a war's going, and, and we're like, oh well, that's that's probably not uh, a drummer, you know, just just outside the place. And, and sure enough, the fireworks were going. We got to go outside and get a, a really nice look at it. But oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was a uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully, everyone had a, a yeah. I hope a, everybody enjoyed their their fourth. And I, and feel like more than other holidays too. Emphasis on hope you had a safe. Fourth of July, oh, God, right? That yes, that's that's yes. more than more than other holidays. I said when when you were gone, Bill. Growing up, I feel like Halloween and the Fourth of July were the holidays where we heard horror stories about what could happen if you weren't safe. The mm-hmm. you know the the razors and the apples and and things like that. And for the Fourth of July, I feel like there's you know I always heard it's one of the busiest ER days of of the of the year. One of the busiest nights. Oh yeah, in, in the emergency yeah. room growing up because you know people don't always. 
don't always make, have don't always all, make the best decisions. I still have all fingers, toes, and eyes, even after, you know, messing, messing and, with fireworks. And, and you know what? I was going to say, and that's usually, usually you're not worried about that after a holiday. This is the one holiday that we've decided is, yeah. you know, it, you, you had a good one if you come back all digits intact. And, uh, and and hopefully that's uh, the case for, uh, for for all of our uh, all of our listeners. Yeah, so welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday. But like we said, feels like a Monday since uh, since obviously uh, we were we were off yesterday for the fourth. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com joining us here in the studio. Brian, how's it going, man? How was your fourth? It was good. Went out to the Auburn um, fireworks. Delayed a little bit because of lightning and rain, right. but they got it in there. It was a little bit like last year, though. The the fireworks did not go all the way over the tree line again oh, for some reason. I don't understand what's going cut, on. You're going to yeah. have to cut the trees yeah. back or get some more powerful fireworks. But I, we had a really good time. Oh, that's we good. There's got to be a third look. There's got to be a third option here. I don't. I don't. Know, maybe a different location, but I, I don't know if I don't know. Have the firework? Well, I don't know. You don't want to get in the other direction and launch them from no. So I mean, I understand. Um, well, you've got to find. A I got to be you obvious. Gotta, you, you have to get a different perspective, Brian. You've got to sit in a different place. Uh, That's yeah. what you got to do. I mean, I to be, to be. I mean, Jordan Hare. I mean, there's a there 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 is a stadium in town that you know is is not not really. I, I don't know. That that's the the one thing that comes. I know, but but it is. Yeah, we want we want uh, fireworks landing in the new construction. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what I always say. You can't you can't create you can't solve a problem without creating a whole bunch of new problems. Uh, that's, uh, uh, that that is exactly right. And then there's one. Uh, yeah, right there with the the fireworks not going uh, above the tree line. Um. So we welcome you in. It has been. Uh, uh, it's, it's been an eventful last few days. Uh, Brian, let's let's get started first, though. Let's see. Um, now, had I don't I don't, th- I don't think Auburn had either of its two commitments nope. last Mm-mm. week when you were on nope. Dan, right? So starting with the good news, they did pick up uh, two commitments over the last uh, right. couple of days. Uh, Carmelo English on July fourth. He's uh, the latest. That's really right. Really good wide receiver. Uh, we from talked Central Phoenix City. We talked about him, I think, last week, yeah. and, and the, uh, the the number of schools that were after him. Uh, he had an impressive game against Auburn uh, the the last time yep. uh, the, those two teams uh, got I think together. He scored on the two field. touchdowns. Yeah, had a uh, had a nice. And the game regular there. season, I don't remember what he did in the playoffs, um, but he's very talented, and he's a guy that can come and play right away. Uh, so that was a big pickup for Auburn. And then um, I guess it was Friday, maybe Thursday. Friday? Thursday, maybe it was uh, Friday because we Friday. yeah we we didn't do a show on Friday, and it was okay. that, it was that announcement. Yeah. Uh, they picked up Jeremiah Cobb from Montgomery Catholic, a really talented running back, uh, Carnell's uh, top running back target for a long time now. Uh, beat out Clemson and some other schools for him, so a nice win for that staff there, and a guy who's going to play um, early and potentially be a starter down the road. He's a um, He's 5'11", about one nine, so he's going to have to get a little mm-hmm. bit thicker. But uh, he's got a great burst of speed. He fits Auburn's offense really, really well. And um, he's also one of those young men that checks every box on and off the field. So he's going to be a great leader, great student, a great ambassador at Auburn University in the future. So two good pickups there uh, for yeah. Auburn. Two four-star in-state yep. pickups, but um, but but one that they would have liked to have added today. Yeah. Uh, head south. Yeah, Keldrick Falk uh, to mit- committed to Florida State over Auburn and Clemson, and I don't remember what his fourth school was, but um, that's a tough one. Florida, I think. That is a tough one because he grew up uh, in a family with some Auburn folks. He's got a younger brother a couple years behind him mm-hmm. that is going to be maybe even more highly recruited than he was. 
he is a top target at a knee position, and he's just down the road in Highland Home. So and, that's, and, that's and, a tough and Auburn really doesn't have numbers at that position after this year. They return basically nobody that's ever played a college snap at at, um, at the edge position. So it's 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 a position that should be easy to recruit. recruit. Auburn will have what Dylan Brooks right, as it. the only returning right. edge right. as you look toward right. next year. Yep. So I mean, they've got room to add three to four in this class, right? With with high school signees and with transfer portal, and, and they want to do both. And, and that's not a position where you want to be going into the transfer portal needing impact players because it's like left tackle, yeah. right? When, when exactly. Someone, right. When yes. someone when when an impact player at that position goes into the transfer portal, you're not the only school that wants them, and you're not the only school right. that can sell playing time. When you get when you get kids like that out of high school and develop them yourself, yeah. you're, you're more likely to. to see dividends than you would be trying to gamble on on winning those battles in the portal. And you'll remember back uh, on the late signing day, Auburn missed on their uh, edge target there. Uh, the kid that ended up going to Florida. I f- forget his name. Uh, the big the big kid who, who officially visited. Um, so, and then they did get an edge in the transfer portal, but it came late with Marcus Bragg. Um, the good thing with him is he's only got one year of eligibility left, so he doesn't Yeah, that's the good it. and the bad, though, right. as we're saying, because now right. you only have one guy Back for next right. year. So they got to reload there, and um, they're going to have to sort of uh, hope maybe they can win one they're not expected to, like for Quay Rasaw from Montgomery or, or Ruben Bain from Miami or somebody like that, or, or maybe have some guys they feel like they can develop there a, a little bit farther down the list and then you know maybe find a junior, some help in junior college, which is very possible, and then hit the transfer portal also. And, uh, and and that's that's uh, not saying that that Auburn's going to uh, give up right on on uh, Keldrick Falk either. That's another important um, issue because of his brother. They need to keep and because of him, they need to keep mm-hmm. recruiting him oh, very yeah. hard. See if they can get him in this fall. See if they can get off to a good start this season and maybe turn around some of the issues that were probably his biggest issues in not choosing Auburn. And maybe they'll be potential to flip him because there's still a long way to go till the third week in December, whatever that date is, 24th, right. 21st, wherever it is. If Bill and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, if, if perceived instability within the Auburn program was one of the things that led uh, Falk to decide to go to Florida State Definitely instead, was. I would say it's not it's not just on Auburn to get off to a hot start and show that stability and, and sort of put all that to bed. Another thing that could maybe benefit Auburn would be that he didn't pick the most stable program instead of Auburn. He no, picked, he didn't pick Clemson. Right, he, exactly. picked a, he picked a program that could very well have a coach on ice just as thin as Brian Harson. Uh, and Brian Harson doesn't have someone like Deion Sanders lobbying for his job right. the, the way the way Mike Norvell does at Florida State. So, uh, you know, I, there, there's multiple reasons to think Auburn might not be out of it, even if today is a disappointment because he picked Florida State. There could be plenty more drama in his recruitment. So uh, he's committed now. I, I don't expect him to come to um, Big Cat Weekend anymore, but the key will be can you get him in for some games this fall? Mm-hmm. Can you win? Can you get people back excited about the future of Brian Harson and Auburn football? I mean, imagine if Florida State looks lost opening yeah. night against LSU, right? That's Sunday. That's Sunday night, the uh, the, the Labor Day Labor Day weekend, right? Yep. I mean, imagine if Florida State goes yeah, out there. Yeah, Florida and State an really really struggles against LSU, and Auburn gets off to a good start. Then it's going to be tough for him to go. Oh, that's a bet. That's a more stable situation. Yeah, I mean, how, but how quickly are the buzzards going to be circling? Mike Norvell in the season at Florida State if, if they get off to a slow start. I think especially with with Deion Sanders, you know, sort of the wild card in in Florida State football's 
uh, future, the the noteworthy alumni do, doing such impressive stuff at, at at Jackson State. We didn't talk enough Thursday, Brian. I, I had Justin Ferguson in here. We didn't talk enough about the the upcoming commitments of uh, or, or the announcements of Cobb and and Carmelo English mm-hmm. because that was also the day that USC and UCLA left the oh left boy. the Pac-12 and you know suddenly had a bombshell dropped on us in, in, in the middle of uh, in, in the middle of the workday, uh, but. The position coaches. You mentioned Cornell. Uh, it, it sounds like Ike Hilliard had a lot to do with Carmelo English uh, deciding to, uh, to to come to Auburn. Uh, what can you say about uh, the work that Cadillac Williams and Ike Hilliard did on these last two commitments for Auburn, Jeremiah Cobb and Carmelo English? Well, I think um, earlier uh, this spring, Auburn was not really in it anymore for Carmelo. Um, until Ike Hillier was uh, hired and, and until he, um, you know, started building that relationship. Um, you know, I, I don't think I would have much of a chance with him. So Ike uh, deserves a lot of credit for um, the way he's recruited uh, Carmelo. And, uh, you know, you would hope that's a good sign for him in the future because Auburn needs to start winning some more recruitment at the wide receiver position, right? That's one of the weakest positions on the team, at least coming out of last season. And with Ike Hilliard. It's something of a gamble as to what kind of recruiter he's right. going to be because his background is in the it NFL. Was, yeah. it, exactly. It, it, I mean, it appeared when, to be. When he was hired, it, you know, you were sort of assuming that, that he would grow into a good recruiter, but you didn't have a track record as a recruiter because he spent so much time in the NFL. And for, for Ike Hilliard to play a pivotal role in a recruiting battle, not to mention at a school where Auburn doesn't always win recruiting battles. Right? Mm-hmm. Would you would you say that's a fair a fair way to describe Central Central, Central yeah. Phoenix City? Is yeah. it not a place where, despite being very close Dave, in proximity, missed and to, missed and missed to yeah. the Auburn campus? You know, so no, I th- I think that's a a really positive sign uh, for for Ike Hilliard to be able to to play such a big role in uh, in in swinging Carmelo English back towards Auburn, and a lot has already been made of of the role Cadillac. Uh, played in, in Jeremiah Cobb's recruitment, right? Yeah, and, and the other thing I will say about Cadillac is he's proven now that he can win re- recruiting battles, right? Damari Alston was her top right. target last year. He won that recruiting battle. Damari is in school now. He's going to be a top backup. A, a couple of years before that, Tank Bigsby was his top guy, won that recruiting battle against top schools around the southeastern country. Tank is a, you know an all-conference, maybe an all-American this year. We'll see how it goes, right? But Carnell is one of Auburn's best recruiters, and he's an important part of the staff. I think on the other other side of the ball, Zach Etheridge has proven to be a very, very good. He he was instrumental in sort of saving Auburn there at, in the early sign period uh, last uh, December. And um, you know, I, I think you you know Darren, Terrence Love was a big win for him early, and, and you're going to see Auburn probably sign another really good uh, class of of cornerbacks and safeties in this class. So those are two guys that can get it done at this level. And and both of them really before Auburn, they they both happen to be Auburn alumni yeah. in the case of Cadillac and Zach Etheridge. And both of them, I mean, this was their biggest job in college football yep. to this point. I mean, Zach had succeeded at the Power Five level was was highly regarded, or the Group Five level was highly regarded at Houston. Uh, but but Auburn uh, was was the you know, this was his break into the SEC and into major uh, conference college football. And in the case of Cadillac, Cadillac was hired from IMG. Right, I mean, it was. It, I mean, it was mm-hmm. relatively early in his coaching career mm-hmm. because he had a long and distinguished NFL career. It's important to remember that in the case of Cadillac Williams and Ike Hilliard, is that yes, maybe they're early in their coaching careers, or not, not even that early in their coaching careers. But part of the reason they got a late start to coaching is because they both played in the NFL for yeah. 
a, a decade, a decade well, plus. Well, of the course, case I of, coached in the in, yeah. in the league for a decade. What, what do you make plus. of that? I mean, I kill you're relatively new to college football coaching, but able to win that Carmelo English. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a good sign. Oh, I think I think it's a, I think it's a great sign. I mean, it's it's not it's a pleasant surprise, but it's not a shock um, because Ike Hilliard, you know, was a he was a heavily recruited player mm-hmm. from Louisiana yep. to Florida. Hilliard family has he's a lot of Dal- ties. Yeah, he's yep. related to Dalton uh, and and uh, has some very close ties to some very highly recruited players over the last couple of decades. So he's been around it. Yeah, you still wonder how they're going to transition to being able to go out there and recruit. It looks like he's transitioned pretty well. Yeah, and remember, in the case of Ike Hilliard, technique and and development allegedly his strong suit, right? Because of the mm-hmm. be, because of the the NFL. Yeah, because you don't recruit to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah if you're if you're able to stay that long as a position coach in the NFL, generally it's because you know uh, what you're doing and and you can you can do it at a really high level. So yeah, it still remains to be seen what sort of impact Ike Hilliard has on the on the receivers on the roster and, and how they improve. But yeah, I think it's a good sign that I kill you can, uh, can help, uh, can, can help Auburn in, in such a big way when, when a recruiting battle in, you know, when the odds were against them a couple of months ago, Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews here on the Tuesday edition of the drive. We'd love for you to join in the Kia of Auburn hotline. Uh, of course, a Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. So come on in and join us. We're just underway here on the Tuesday Drive. You're live on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, Drew at the controls. We'd love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Of course, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, the sponsor of our number one here of uh, the drive. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, actually, I was back in town. We were just getting back in town uh, Thursday when all the stuff was flying uh, and and Brian, I'd love I'd love your thoughts now. As there's no way around this, we're we're headed rapidly towards super conferences. But yes. how many? Uh, you think I, just I think two? it's going to be two big ones in the leftover conference. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Well, it looks like two super conferences, and what are they going to call the other guys? Yeah. The other guys. I don't yeah. know. I'm still interested in seeing who's going to be left out. Like who's like this musical the, the chairs, big 12 right? Twelve and the rest of the Pac-12. But, well, but but it does seem like the, they're. But the, where's all the ACC's not going to just be folded into the SEC? I don't think. I don't know if the ACC's going anywhere. Is that the? Is that? I mean, the ESPN has a lot mm-hmm. riding on the future of the ACC, right? I mean, with the with the with the network deal and the and the ACC network. Like I, that. I, I I just get I get a feeling the ACC 
the best of the ACC and the SEC are going to become. I'm, I'm thinking going to become a super duper conference. Four, yeah. four conferences. Two of them signed to Fox. Two of them signed to ESPN. Probably the Big Twelve and the Big Ten with Fox deals. Maybe there's a streamer who wants to get. Well, then involved. if you do that, how many teams? What are we thinking? Four. I don't know. If, I don't know if they're all the same conference. The the one I'm still. I want to know who's like I was saying. This is a game of musical who's chairs. Left out? Are there is there going to be a spot for every Pac-12 program in one of those other four leagues? If the Pac-12 is indeed the conference, we're seeing now that there could be you know UCLA and USC leaving for the Big Ten started all of this, right? Uh, but there's, now there's now there could be talk about four more. There's the yeah, the talk of maybe moving the Big Twelve, uh, adding the Big Twelve, uh, adding to the Big Twelve. Yeah, with the Big Twelve Colorado, six maybe right. Colorado, Utah, uh, you would have Arizona and Arizona State. Joining the Big Twelve teams that have sort of been folded in with the uh, the Big Twelve is now a I mean it's it's an enormous conference geographically right because it's it's what's right. it's what's left of the Big Twelve after Texas and Oklahoma plus some of the AAC teams that they took in right U, UCF's coming in and BYU's joining and and that's and that's happening they might take four Pac twelve teams too that leaves I mean, would would Oregon and Washington and Stanford and Cal have a home in the Big Ten if the Big Ten well, wanted to grow? Well, those would be, I would think, pretty attractive schools. We were talking about this earlier, Brian. Dan and I were. Um, if you're the Big Ten, do you only want two California schools, Southern Cal and UCLA? It doesn't make sense to do that. I mean, that. It's, it's like... Like Dan was saying, it's like when Major League Baseball expanded to the West Coast eventually, you want more than L.A. and San Francisco. Exactly. Right. You and need other schools yeah. out there and so Washington, that you sort of got an east and a west. Exactly. Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Cal would, would, fit, in, would fit in academically with the Big Ten yep. sort of current schools. I think it would fit in uh, as, as being the, the largest school in different states. The way you see that, I, I, it wouldn't be, if they're expanding to the west, and clearly they are by adding USC and UCLA, I could see, and, and the Pac-12, is evaporating. Uh, I, I could see Stanford, Cal, Oregon, and Washington uh, make, finding a home in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. Then, what does that do for yeah. for Washington State, Oregon State? We were remember that conversation we were having about some schools might not be Power yeah. Five schools anymore. Some schools get to jump into the Power Five. Some schools maybe uh, get the bums rush out of the Power well, Five. And and that sort of leads to a little closer to home. I heard some discussion earlier today on the on the roundtable. I heard Kevin Skarbinski say. Well, that's interesting, but if the SEC drops anybody, Vandy or Missouri or whatever, I'm done. And I thought, eh, the direction we're headed now, don't be shocked if some right. some teams are, well, it's been nice having you. Good luck right. as we move on. My question, okay, so assuming that ACC schools, Big Ten schools, SEC schools, and Notre Dame are on solid footing and not trying to leave, their conferences. And you've got the Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma, and you've got the Pac-12 without USC and UCLA. Do any of those schools fit in to an SEC expansion? Or ACC. Or or ACC. If you're you're talking ACC sticking, yeah, then some of the easternmost Big 12, I mean, West Virginia makes more sense in the ACC than it does in the in the Big Twelve. Would 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 the SEC want Kansas? Would the SEC want yes. Oklahoma State? 
Um, if you're expanding, would those two schools maybe be attractive to a conference probably, that already added probably, Texas and Oklahoma? Probably. I don't yeah. know that Oklahoma's going to be crazy about that. But and Missouri would be over there too. Like I, I feel like there's there's ways to you know th- those are the conferences I'm I'm wondering if they're going to be able to stick together or if they're going to break apart. Or do you just say okay, Missouri, you can go join Oklahoma State and Kansas, and you guys, good luck in basketball. Well, don't let Kevin Skarbinski you know? hear you say that that you're booting a, <laughs> booting a team out of the SEC. Oh, well, why? Why not? I know. I, I mean, if we're if we're going through these kinds of changes in college athletics why shouldn't you be able to prune and and try to improve i'm just really interested in the programs that right now don't have a seat right the ones that don't have a seat at the table right now if you assume that the the big 10 the sec and the acc is the table because the big 12 is something of a lesser conference without oklahoma and texas and the pac-12 is something of a lesser conference without uh, without USC and UCLA, you know, where does that leave Washington and Oregon and Cal and Stanford? Where does that leave uh, Colorado? You know, th- those those sorts of schools. And yeah, because I, I just I just wonder if, I mean, maybe the Big Twelve is going to exist as this twenty team super league, right, with ten teams in the West and ten teams in the East, and try to survive without Texas and Oklahoma with, with the sort of the remnants of the Pac twelve and some of the American conference teams, and the, I, I don't know, just. That that feels like it would be the next candidate to break apart. Oh yeah, right? that that would be no, the next no one question. to you know, especially if the financials. You mean, at, you mean at, now that the Pac-12 is yes. definitely yeah. Yes. If 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 you saw four Pac-12 teams right. join them and and you know the Pac-12 were to because th- then you wonder you know Pac-12 if the, without without no. USC and UCLA though isn't it's ridiculous to even think. I don't think there's a future of that conference. No. Like it was it's it as bad as the Texas and Oklahoma thing was for the Big Twelve. It, it feels like pulling USC. And UCLA and different sports away from that conference really, I mean, it, 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 it's a fatal blow. And that's going to happen after the 24 season, right? Or after the, yeah. No, it's fall, after fall the of 23. 24. So that's a year right. before Texas and Oklahoma were supposed to come into the SEC. Don't you think that moves that up? I, think it's I, very I would think possible, all, yeah. I would think those big, the big changes would happen at one time. It makes a lot more sense to me, yes. So the 20. 2025 or 24, 24 season right. instead of 25 Th- this, is what I This think. one feels like it's going to be decided by the yeah. TV network well, I mean, more than anything else. Texas, like, Oklahoma, Southern Cal, and UCLA uh, jumping in the last year now. And the, yeah. the war, I'd say that the, the downside that I see is if we have, and the comparison I would make is to boxing, if you have conferences that decide to go with Fox and conferences that decide to go with ESPN and the teams you never won't have a lot of yeah you won't have a lot of uh, interconference the teams never see each other unless it's the championship game you know and, and that's the the one game of the year where the fox teams see each other and the and the ESPN and you raised the question there what happens to Notre Dame if there's well, if that, they're the, if they're the one is, NBC if school? you have more than two super conferences it's going to be tougher to get four different broadcasts Entities together to say, "Oh yeah, we'll let them play," because they all they'll they'll all want it before year four. I just as as much as people think Notre Dame might join a league, it seems like NBC is going to do everything they can to stay at yeah. the table in college football. And without without yeah, it, without, we'll, no, we'll talk about that when we come back because that's one of the things. Like, who do they play? If everybody's having to play just within their conference, who's left for a Notre Dame to play? Hey, we we love mm-hmm. your thoughts. Hey, Yellowhammer, hang on. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. You'll be up first when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive.
continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Again, sort of a uh, a combo Monday slash Tuesday edition of The Drive. Bill and Dan, we got uh, Brian Matthews, who's usually with us on Mondays, here with us for the duration. So the three of us will uh, we'll welcome in our, our next guest, our regular Tuesday afternoon guest from CBSSports.com, Sirius XM. That's Barrett Sully. Barrett, how you doing, man? I'm great, y'all. How are y'all? I'm doing fine. How was your fourth? Oh, it was good, except I had a ten-year-old go to the ER the early morning of the uh, of the fourth with uh, allergic reaction to being attacked by yellow jacket. So, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Well, oh, then, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying Ooh. that's good. We were just I talking about jackets. safety on the fourth. Uh, Man, they I killed am, me when I was a kid. I am, yeah. I am very allergic to wasps. Okay. Yellow jackets? Really? No, I hate them because they're st- they sting, yes. burn so yes. bad. Yeah, and they will attack you if you step yes. on their nest. Yes, they I saw. Will. I saw an unnamed. So, so, what was he doing? What happened? How did it happen? Yeah. They were uh, they were walking on this little waterfall trail thing, and uh, he thought he was going to step on a turtle, so he moved quickly oh. and kicked a hive that he didn't see. Oh. And man, they will chase you oh. and chase you. Yep. Oh, oh, him all the way down. Oh. Things um, and he's allergic. I didn't know how allergic he was, so I had to take him to the ER. My daughter got stung; she was okay, and about six of my family members got stung. So uh, it was, uh, it was, it was our, it was not fun. Oh man! That, that, well, I th- what it'll teach you: make sure you have always have some Benadryl oh. around when you're outside. Yeah, that's that's brutal, Barrett. All, all, the, all the best. Yes, Benadryl and EpiPen. Yep, Benadryl yep. and EpiPen from here on out. Yep. I saw Barrett. I saw a man yesterday. I, I might. I might be. I might be related to him in, in a father son situation. I saw a man yesterday. <laughs> Wait, who, what a minute. I, I saw. I saw a guy yesterday who uh, who who, who he didn't decided want to say it was his dad. Yeah, so decided decided uh, that that he would he would inspect a uh, he would inspect a, a bush that had a couple of wasps. <laughs> On our on the property wow. with a with a with a wooden block oh. and see oh yeah no just just to make just to see just to see if it was there there was indeed a, how much the, can I aggravate once, some wasps once we once we realized there were more than three or four of them in there we were like this can, might be I could probably hit them like you know <laughs> a, like a tennis ball with he, a racket he wound, no he wound no. up he wound up like Mark McGuire for another I said I think we found the nest I think it's okay <laughs> like I think it's I think we're right here but uh but no those those yeah. can be those, those things can be can, can get ornery. We know the genes that you got from the, from the <laughs> No, no, this is no. He's 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 much smarter than me. But this was a he's he's he's, he's got no. He's got he's, it's the it's the fighter pilot uh, mentality in him, right? He's he was yeah, ready, he was ready to, right. he was ready to take him on. So I uh, yeah I I went with the uh, I went with the flight the flight uh, reaction. Barrett, since the last time we since the last time we talked Not to much you, has happened. Yeah, uh, UCLA and USC joined the Big Ten. <laughs> Oh, it's just it's an insane. I, I got an email as a UCLA alumni like nine hours after the John Wilner tweet uh, that, that announcing, you know, from from the chancellor and the A.D. announcing, you know, the, the move. And it's amazing. I mean, especially when we 
you know, we, we already went through this a little bit with Texas and Oklahoma. It's incredible how quickly that all went down from from sunrise to sunset on Thursday, right, Barrett? It was, yeah, it was wild. Um, yeah, I think it was fake, honestly. Like, because I saw the tweet from Wilner come across like as it, as it was posted because they used to be checking. Um, I had to make sure it was the right account. Like, I saw the blue check mark, and I was like, all right, is that a fake blue check mark? And, you know, what's misspelled in his name? All right, nothing's misspelled in his name. Is it a different spot? What am I missing here? And, uh, yeah, I mean, well, with, with both, you know, big expansion stories the last year, um, clandestine, uh, smart, uh, unexpected, and I think in the case of this one, I think we'll, like, we're all going to super conferences. I think we all recognize that, but I think Texas and Oklahoma, the SEC, in a like traditional conference uh, format standpoint, right? Um, this is really the indication of super conference. Yep. Is, um, now you're going, you're going nationwide, and I think that has drastically changed college athletics forever. Um, and Man, what a coup by the big thing to, to counter the SEC with something like that is pretty impressive, especially from a guy like Kevin Warren, who you know this time two years ago was was laughed at almost universally. The uh, Big Ten is currently negotiating their media rights package uh, with Fox and with other candidates. Uh, what do you think the addition of USC and UCLA does for a conference that's already in renegotiations for something that I think a lot of people, just because of what's happening with sports rights, expect already expected a large increase? Well, I mean, I think the, the bidding war, like they're expecting $100 million per team. I would say you're talking about that as a baseline. Uh, there's a reason that number leaked out. Um, and it's not because it's the expectation. It's because that's where the negotiations want to be you know, begin. And you, know, you saw that same day, Apple uh, re uh, re up interest in big uh, media rights. Um, that's only going to add more to Amazon, Netflix, to you know, everybody else. So you know, I think it's it's drastically going to change the way that I think the Fox specifically looks at it because the the fact that the Big Ten Network is owned by Fox, although I it did buy back some of that state um I got two years ago I believe. Uh, it might have been before Delaney left. But uh you know, I think if you're Fox, you're like, all right, we we have to up this to a point where they can't like they have to take it because if Fox is gonna neglect its its app, its over the top third party app, um you know, it, and let those rights go to Apple, then the Fox is behind the time. So I think there was a lot of foresight when the Big Ten, you know, negotiated the deal for the Big Ten Network in the way that it did. And I think the network Fox has to go back and think about that particular mindset and be um, be out front with this. Otherwise, they're going to get outbid by by dang near everybody uh, because there's a lot to be said for streaming. There's a lot to be said for for CBS, for ESPN, I mean, it's it's going to be insane how much money they actually get. Like I said, I think that hundred million dollar uh, uh, valuation will end up being basically a, a dumping off point. Talking with Barrett Salee here on the uh, Tuesday edition of the Drive. As you said, we are headed to super conferences. We're headed there a little quicker than it appeared a week ago with Southern Cal and UCLA saying they will begin play in the Big Ten in 2024. Uh, 
Barrett, how many conferences, what we were talking about before we brought you in, how many super conferences do you foresee? Uh, you know, I know a lot of people have, been, have said that it's two now with the two ones, the SEC and Big Ten sort of being the genesis. I, I don't think that's the case. I still think it's going to be a four-conference deal. And that's something that we all talked about, like, what, five, six, seven, eight years ago, oh, sure. right? Like, we all sort of said, hey, it's going to be four super conferences. Obviously, the Big Ten and the SEC are doing what they're doing. The ACC's network uh, or deal is, is hamstringing that, obviously. Uh, it's ironclad through 2036, but contracts are made to be broken. I think the, the biggest thing, the, the thing about the ACC is I can't see any of those teams being left out of any future landscape. So I think especially if, if they can convince Notre Dame and more importantly convince either ESPN or somebody else that, you know, getting Notre Dame will add so much more value to the current deal that you have to renegotiate it, um, that the ACC is, you know, it's going to survive. And then we, you know, my colleague Dennis Dodd said that the 12 uh, pursuing the Arizona schools, Oregon, Washington, and Utah and Colorado. Um, the Big 12 has those teams with the 12 that they're going to end up having. You're talking about a coast-to-coast uh, conference, mm-hmm. a, a pretty darn good one, um, going from the Pacific Northwest to Florida with UCF. Like that's, I, I know folks like to say that they're going to be the run of the litter, and I get it, but I mean, you're, you're telling me that a that a Big Twelve, Big Ten, with I mean, I'm sorry, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, that nationwide, that literally crisscrosses, makes an X across the entire country. That's that's a good selling point, and so I think that might end up be, uh, where we are: the SEC, the Big Ten, um, the ACC, and you know, the the Pac and the, sixteen, whatever, the America, the whatever. Um, um, yes. Who? All right. Another thing we were wondering is, I mean, is anybody of significance going to be left out? I don't know that they, I don't know that there's room for everybody. No, there's not. And so I think the ones that can be left out, I mean, I think you have to look toward, I mean, there's, there's not going to be, the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC aren't going to kick anybody out, right? So um, they're safe. I think you have to look at the smaller market, Big 12 and Pac-12 schools and, and wonder, okay, how does how does Iowa State fit into this? Um, if the Pac-12 you know, consumes the Big 12. Um, conversely, does the Big 12 want Washington State and Oregon State if, um, you know, if, if if they go in that direction? So I think you're looking at those. The problem is if the Big 12 is going to be the aggressor and they don't want Stanford and Cal, I don't see how the Big 10 doesn't come in and take them or the SEC doesn't come in and take them. You know, like – I. So, you know, I think there's there's value to those programs that aren't necessarily being mentioned in any circles right now. Um, so you have to factor them in as landing somewhere. Um, but like Iowa State, Oregon State, Washington State, they're in trouble. There's no doubt. Well, Cal, I mean, Cal, Stanford, Oregon, Washington, I mean, uh, those those schools, it would seem like, make sense because you've already expanded out there to USC and UCLA. You've got some other schools, uh, you know, that that also fit. They're, they're not exactly bad fits academically for what the Big Ten wants yeah, once, either. Once you add a couple of California well, schools, not, yeah. Here's the thing, and I don't think anybody's talking about this. Why not the ACC? Like, why wouldn't the ACC go out there and pursue Washington and Oregon and Stanford and Cal? 
Like, if, if it's not going to get no... You just call it the ACC-PCC. Yeah, like, if we're going nationwide... <laughs> the A and PCC. Yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been sullied of late, you know, as a, as a football program. But no, I, I thought that Arizona State looked uh, well positioned in the you know the Big Twelve, that sort of the the zombie Big Twelve with the with the three different conferences represented uh, within it. If that's indeed what what ends up uh, what what ends up happening, uh, but no, it's, it'll be interesting to see what conferences sort of hold on to uh, regionality, right? Who who decides to stay somewhat local and who decides you know we're just going to go. Uh, you know, we're going to try to have every time zone represented within our league. Yeah, I think the only one that can get away with not doing that is the SEC. Right? Like, why, there's no need for the SEC to go nationwide. They can if they want to. Like, why not? But um, right now, I think the SEC is only moving. I've asked people around the conferences, you know, they're standing pat. I've, I've heard nothing to suggest that they're pursuing any, any of these things. And I would say the only caveat would be they probably have a standing invitation to Notre Dame that says, hey, you want to come get it? If not, whatever, you know? Yeah, let's go to every conference. been in place for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Every conference does that. Yep. Uh, crazy times. I mean, it, it, is, it is wild. I mean, it used to be summer. We were really – it was it was how many lists you could make of, you know, ranking uh, teams, coaches, whatever, things like that. It has, it has just uh, – it has changed so much. With uh, the portal NIL and college football and the the transformation of conferences, man, it it, it has been wild and uh, it's hard to believe. I mean, we're we're just about ready for uh, for media day. News is going to slow down when the season gets here. Really? Yeah, right. That's when things stop. <laughs> well, hey, all season content is going to be good for the next three years. I will say this: we do have our SEC strength our coaching rankings up today, so it is still this season. Ah, uh, that's great. I was about to ask as as we're getting short on time. Yep, what you've got and and, and where everybody can find it. Yeah, uh, SEC today conference uh, at all the power five conferences the rest of the league. Uh, Auburn fans don't don't read it because Austin's not very high. Uh, it's all about combined. He's higher in mind than where he actually finishes amongst our staff, uh, but it's still not. <laughs> right, we will definitely check it out, Barrett. Thanks, man. Uh, stay away, stay away from those, uh, uh, you know, from, from those those pesky, hives. Yes. From hives, absolutely, man. Those those flying things they they can be dangerous. They're, so just things, be careful. They're a bunch of jerks, man. They're a bunch of jerks. <laughs> All right, Barrett. Take care, man. Barrett Salee joining us as he does on Tuesdays. We need to get to our final break of hour number one, and then we'd love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn Hotline three three four. 321-1390 as we continue here on the Tuesday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final few minutes of hour number one here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews in here on this Tuesday since... 
Obviously, yesterday was the was the fourth, and uh, this is Brian. This is generally pretty slow time because you know camps are done. Uh, there's 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 not visiting going on from from prospects and things like that. This is generally the 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 only opportunity that um, football coaches get a chance to try yes. to take a breath. And uh, it, it's an important time for them to get out and, and get some time with their family. It is a dead period for four weeks uh, until the end of July. Um, that doesn't mean recruiting ends. Dead period just means there's no, no anything. Face. But I mean, look at all the players that are making. The thing is, right. you've got so many high schoolers now that want to make decisions before they get started for fall practice. Exactly. So a, a lot of um, a lot of these players went through those June visits. Now they're making mm-hmm. July decisions. Uh, the only thing coaches can't do is have face face contact. So they can contact them through phone or sure. email or whatever. So there's still a chance to recruit out there. Um, but it's also an important time for all the coaches at all the schools. It's not just Auburn. Oh no! It's every school, every coaches. This is these four weeks in July are when they um, take their visits. I mean, take their vacations. Not all at once. Of course, they better recharge have, because yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's going to be. Then it's eleven run. eleven months. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. I mean, we're uh, we're two weeks away from uh, from media days. How about that? And uh, speculation on who Auburn could take. Um, Derek yep. Hall, Owen Popo was there last year. We looked right. at this today. Uh, Nick Brahms, uh, Shedrick Jackson, some of the names I've thought about. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's generally guys that have proven that they're they're counted on, leaders of the team. And, and of course, used to be it come out a little at a time. The SEC will announce at some point here in the next, uh, maybe even this week. Uh- I would uh, think who all the reps are going to be. If I had to put all my chips in on who Auburn's taking to media days, Tank's not a senior, but I could also understand Auburn taking Tank Bigsby because he's probably they the most probably won't have another opportunity. Might be the high, most high-profile player on the team. Uh, Nick Brahms as a as someone with as many career starts. John Samuel Schenker as someone with as many career starts as he has, and someone who was as as outspokenly pro Brian Harson. As he was, I could see John Samuel. Uh, we discussed this may- maybe on Thursday. Uh, Colby Wooden uh, would would, uh, would make a lot of sense. I I have a feeling Derek Hall will be one of the three people that Auburn takes as a as a defensive lineman, yeah. sort of a leader. He's sort of like and, Mr. Auburn, isn't he? and and a guy yeah. who's so yeah, he's so infectious in his enthusiasm for the program. The the one player that I would be really surprised if he wasn't one of the three that Auburn takes to media days is Derek Hall. I, I really think that'll be... Yeah, I thought you were going the other direction. The one player I'd be shocked if yeah. he's there. No, I don't know of one of those. I do, I do wonder if, if, <laughs> you, if, you, uh, if you'd consider Anders Carlson. I don't Carl- think you'll... You I wonder probably if, don't have a quarterback there. Anders Carlson. I wonder because Maybe. he's, because he's you know, a, a senior kicker, but I, I, you know, and someone who's been around for as long as he has and, and has you know, a, a bright future as a kicker. But uh, I could see... Um, I really think Derek Hall will be, will be one of the three Auburn representatives you know, with, with some certainty. Yeah, and, and again, uh, I would see John Samuel too. I, I, think, I would think, pro- I think probably before the end. Another good one, yeah. Yep. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We're uh, into the final couple of minutes of hour number one here on the Tuesday Drive. Was there anything else we sort of needed to catch up on? Well, we mentioned the the commitments early on of of Jeremiah Cobb and uh, and and Carmelo English. Both since since the last time right. we, we did the show, we had we had talked about. Uh, is it is it Keldrick? Keldrick. Yeah, Keldrick we talked about Yeah, we, we talked about Keldrick before. Mm-hmm. Sort of a disappointment that you know the a, a kid is, is the is the most disappointing thing the notion that this is a 
somewhat local or regional. Yes, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, well, prospect. That, well, I, I would I would think that right now one of the most uh, concerning things is uh, after hearing for a couple of years how great the defensive line prospects are in the state. Yeah. Who's Auburn going to get? Uh, I don't know. That's yeah, a good question. I mean, um, that's a that's a concern. I'm not not that the defensive and, line is empty, bereft and, of talent, but they need young but guys. You better get them when they're there, yeah. especially in your backyard. Uh, not to make James things. Smith and, and Quay Rousseau were here on a visit. Right. Most think they're going to Alabama, but maybe those are two Auburn can surprise some people. That, that, that was my other question. Is not it's not just who do you get, but how many of the guys do you miss out on end up on teams on your schedule? Uh, they're really really good players. Yeah. These are some really really good players. All right, we're halfway done. Here on the Tuesday edition of the drive, I haven't called it Monday yet, so so that's good. Halfway home, come on in and join us. Sports Leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from with us. As Drew is at the controls, Brian with us uh, since we weren't on the air yesterday. And uh, we, we'd love for you to join in. Anything on your mind sports-wise, a lot has gone on uh, in the world of sports. Of course, we, we hit a few of the highlights. Auburn with uh, two commitments, uh, missing out on one today. Uh, we talked we talked about the uh, some of the repercussions, ramifications of Southern Cal and UCLA jumping from the Pac-12 and going to join the the uh, the Big Ten. So I mean, we love your thoughts. What, what do you? How do you, our listeners, perceive that? Do you think uh, you think we're going to have? I, I tend to agree with Barrett and what we were talking about with uh, Brian a little while ago, and that yeah, I, I think we're going to have. I think four super conferences make sense. I just wonder. If they will be under one umbrella, how many umbrellas will they be under, and who will will there be some cross uh, conference? You know, are we going to have to start ignoring? Games. Are we going to have to start ignoring what the what the conference initials stand for? Right? Yes. It's like it's like how. Yeah, don't worry about yeah. SC, now I do. I think Barrett's right. The southeastern's going to be the closest to to staying in its region or what the name. is would indicate because the Big Ten's got 16 now. Do you guys know the urban legend about KFC? You know the the, the okay. So so when they stopped being Kentucky Fried Chicken officially and started branding KFC, a lot of people thought that 
the, the urban legend was that they weren't using real chicken anymore. And that's why they weren't using oh. chicken in the title anymore. <laughs> they, they, they were still using chicken. That's been debunked. But uh, they thought, I think someone making a decision, thought that that made it seem less regional. Right? You go from right. Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC. That's a national sort of brand. I wonder if SEC and ACC, you'll have I to start... I think the SEC's proud. They're going to stick with SEC. What, what I'm saying is you'll have, to stop, you'll have to start ignoring that it stands for Southeastern Conference and the brand's just going to be oh, SEC. SEC. The ACC is going to... You have to start because they might... I mean, Stanford might be in the ACC, right? And that's... I well, mean, that's why I said they're going to have to be the A and PCC. I mean, or, or maybe it'll just be like... You know, it'll be one of those things where d- ignore what it stands for. They are just officially, you know, ACC. Like, that's the that's the branding, and it, it won't make sense if you start trying to assume that all these are right. Atlantic Coast places because, they, yeah, they, they seem like an obvious candidate for expansion. If they can stay together and, and hold, hold off the SEC, uh, the ACC could be a candidate say, to the Big expand. Ten could have been way ahead of it, way ahead of the, uh, the curve earlier by not going east-west. You know, a, when, when, they, when they had, of course, the, the ridiculous, uh, what was it, champions and or what was it the, uh, the, the legends and leaders yeah Here, whatever here's the thing though I, I don't see how you get four four mega conferences because let's say the big 10 takes notre dame oregon washington stanford possible all right that right? that makes 20 that for them that makes 20 let's, in that let's say the sec adds clemson north carolina florida state virginia well but if the acc if it, it depends all right then, then that means the acc would need to add eight but, who's, but what I'm getting to is who's left that's any good besides Miami. Um, well, Virginia I mean, if, if you take if you take right now, if you take the Power Five, Duke, so where are you breaking? Are you breaking he's up the breaking ACC? The ACC? Oh, no, I'm, I'm keeping, I'm keeping the ACC alive. See, but if the SEC goes to 20, they're going to take ACC teams, and those ACC teams are going to jump to the SEC because they can get twice as much money. Interesting. I, I was thinking. I wonder. Yeah, I, I wonder if ESPN's trying to like. I wonder if ESPN has a vested. Yeah, ESPN especially if may want to keep both those conferences as intact we, as possible. We were saying earlier, would would there be candidates for expansion from the former Big Twelve? Like, would the SEC look at Kansas and Oklahoma State and schools in Texas Maybe. as viable candidates Maybe. for expansion? But I, but to I can see a third mega conference. I just don't know when you talk about yeah, fourth. There's nothing left. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I mean you're right. Left. Because you take what's left of the Pac-12 and the Big 12 right now, and okay, that gives you, well, you sort of take that, and you've got the ACC, you've got the SEC, ACC, the combination of Big 12, Pac-12, and the Big 10. Until, so those, those are four. Until schools start getting bounced from conferences, the schools that should probably be worried about where they're going to, you know, their seat at the table are the other Pac-12 schools and the other, other big, big 12. and the other Big Twelve yeah. schools. Well, they, like they the, had better get together and Baylor, become a conference. for example, which won a basketball national championship two years ago. Kansas, the reigning right. basketball national champion. Yep. Right. You know, bo- both don't really have. I mean, Duke amid the amid a the, basketball well, see, powerhouse. I think the ACC is slightly in, in slightly ACC, better position. I think the ACC Maybe. is much more stable, much but, more stable like, right now than the Pac-12. But, but no, but it's remarkable. I mean, we're, we're talking about programs like Oregon and right. Washington and Colorado and Stanford and I mean the the other. The, the other Big 12 schools include reigning national, the last two national champions in basketball. Arizona is a basketball powerhouse. I mean, these are these are schools with uncertain futures. Yeah. Oregon State, a college baseball powerhouse. And that, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you if you forced me to pick some some Power Five schools that might be the you know the ones holding the bag and not invited yeah. to you know the, the the brave new world, Oregon State and Washington State, you know, have a, something uh, of an uphill climb. Yeah. Unless they can, you know, unless they can band together right, with the but other. But if there's a if there's a third twenty 
team mega conference. They well, probably fit there may, in there. Be, there may be a couple that's that have 60, we're talking may, about sixty teams there, total. There, there may be, but the thing is, there's sixty five before you had Central Florida and some right. others going into the Big right. Twelve. So, exactly. so you could have seventy. You could have four eighteen team conferences. Okay. You know. But is SEC going to stop at eighteen or the big? But, here's, but it's not just about it's not just about well, numbers. Well, you wouldn't this, have to. I mean, you could have conference. You could have one that has twenty, another one that has sixteen. If you want to do it like that, yeah. the concern too is that when you have, I mean, the reason Texas and Oklahoma jumped from the Big Twelve to the SEC, and the reason USC and UCLA jumped from the Pac twelve to the Big Ten, is they foresaw a future where there were big discrepancies between the amount of money that right. school and conference A got and the school and conference B got. Right, and can the that discrepancy is going to grow by by uh, a, a large amount. Yes, right? and the question between to me, the SEC, Big Ten, and the others. Well, that's where that's going to be a huge, huge difference. Now, when when ba- when Barrett said something I hadn't thought of, but I mean, if if the ACC were to go get Stanford and Cal and Oregon and Washington, that would be a pretty that would be a pretty mm. impressive conference. Sure. But those other schools out there and the rest of the Big Twelve are not. I think that's that would almost be like. Well, you're sort of division one, whatever. I don't know what you call it because they used to be one and one A. But I mean, it would be like you're in between the football bowl subdivision and the championship would there, subdivision. I think one question, not to get too deep into like the rabbit hole of media rights, but like, would there be a market for the the Big Twelve if it consists of? schools other than Texas and Oklahoma and the Americans, you know, and the American conference American schools conference they post and the leftovers and, and the leftover Pac-12. Pac-12. Like, is there probably is, is there I mean, a people want to watch, but, I but, I, but I wonder if co- comparable to the deals from the SEC and the no. Big Ten, that's, no. that's the question is, is there a deal anywhere for that kind of conference or, or is that the sort of inequality you're talking about where one school could be looking at three or four times in the same sort of, not, you know, power five schools, you could have one power five school looking at three or four times as much media rights revenue from their conference and, as as a so-called competitor. And that's why I was wondering, so if you have what looks like could be three super conferences, how do you, I mean, how do you ever have a real championship? Unless they agree to the well, postseason. You, oh, you've they, got wild cards coming in, and it's like the three divisions in, in each of the leagues. Sure. In, in professional sports now, you got you have to add in why you're you're taking yeah, the concern you're, you're going with the wild concern cards. there is it becomes it becomes boxing and you have like the Fox champion and the ESPN champion and they, know, and they that, never and they never play each other laugh, because and, and and don't yeah don't laugh I, I can see that right if it, I, I mean can it, seriously it, see that if it got to the point where they couldn't come to terms you know on how no. to play you know between conferences or something and you know you, you give yeah, conferences ESPN's more and more autonomy declaring its national champs Fox <laughs> is declaring its national champ yeah I mean if if that's I mean that's that's down the line sort of thinking, but I mean, I, I do wonder, you know, what who's gonna who's gonna find a place in this sort of uh, you know, moving forward, and, and, I, I and who's uh, and who's not. One of the other things that people aren't really talking a lot about is um, once this all comes about, is the conferences taking the uh, basketball tournament from the NCAA and keep it for themselves. Well, yeah, That's how's, billions of dollars that they um, should stop giving to the Well, NCAA. I, I think the NCAA, the NCAA is dead. The NCAA right. is, is, I mean, they're, they're, they, they won't be, they won't be anything from what they right. have been. I but mean, they, die they by can be a name, something, you know, that, that people get. belong to, but that, but has no control, no power over anything. But how do all these, how do all these moves that we've been talking about? How are they going to affect the non-revenue sports? They're going to 
You, I mean, you're going to be getting you're going to be getting so much more money than you've ever had, but uh, it's going to be very difficult to justify the. Oh, we're, we're continuing to be concerned with the uh, student part of the student athlete when you're got a midweek road trip cross country. Well, I think because the power of five ish or whatever it's going to be had more money and. In the past, when we go to these votes about um, these non-revenue sports and giving them more scholarship and, and, and so, things like that, it's usually held back by the group of five schools voting against it. So if you look at the NCAA, they're close to changing that rule on their own and allowing the SEC, for instance, set their own standards when it comes to, say, baseball scholarships instead of just being 11.7. So I think it's trending in the direction of more scholarships to the non-revenue sports, which will be... Very, very good. I think scholarships are important. I think Bill makes a good point, too, about just sort of like the, the quality of life aspect for, for these student-athletes, you know, if they're going to be yeah. like this much traveling across the country. I, I would. However, I mean, however, uh, COVID taught us that, uh, you know, you can, you, can, you can have classes without having to be in the room. So. True. Oh, no, certainly. And, and I would, um, I don't know, I, I would hope that, like, if, if you remember that story, and again, I'm not trying to tell people how to spend their money, but like that, if you remember that story about Auburn, uh, finding you know ten percent cuts in in different sports, and there was the was a, the football team bust back from South Carolina yeah. in twenty twenty. There was there was story like like I would think that those stories become more objectionable if conferences are throwing everything away in the pursuit of more money from broadcast rights, and and if and if they're going to triple and quadruple the amount of money schools get from the TV networks uh, and and throw a lot of traditions away. At the very least, the schools can be, you know, even in the non-revenue sports, you would hope that it's, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, trying to, you would hope. You, you're trying to put every dollar you can towards uh, comfortable travel for these, for these student athletes. I, I would just, you know, I would just think like that hearing, you know, hearing the amount and that, and that's one story, the Auburn, you know, bus thing from, from the South Carolina game. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I would hope that cutting those, you know, cutting corners, you know, with, with, with travel and, accommodations and things like that like that that would become uh, tougher and tougher to to take you know as as the revenues increase from the from the TV networks and things like that 3343211390 we'd love for you to join in the conversation your thoughts on the you know the direction of uh, college athletics now with uh, with with the expansion your thoughts anything you want to talk about sports wise you know something that uh, we sort of jumped right in. We didn't. We didn't get into the uh, the big sporting event from yesterday. Did you watch the uh, the, the Nathan's contest yesterday? Uh, I, I'm not a. You know, I have Kathy, a. Kathy, I came in and my wife has it on. I have a. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's ironic. I have a weak stomach for these things. I really like. It's <laughs> it I don't. I don't competitive watch eating. You, you I don't, don't watch it. Joey, I think it's nasty. Joey, Joey, Joey Chestnut. Nope. Not not only not only defending his crown, but defending he's, defending the stage. He's Did like, you see that? He's like a yeah the protester, the yeah, vegan protester. Because my just like headlock slammed him, get him, in, I mean, and then stuff a couple more hot dogs in. Yeah, I, I um, I mean, it's like it's like a brilliant uh, like opera, you know, singer or something where I can I can it's appreciate like, the art of what Joey Chestnut does, but I, I'm not going to watch. I'm okay. No, I would never call that the art of yeah. what he does. Although the science, I mean, the craft. No, I don't know. I mean, just listening to the announcers try to say what they say without laughing. Yeah. Those guys went to journalism school, Bill. Those are broadcast journalists. A having to call Hall that. of Fame eater. I mean, you know, just just some of the yeah, some listing of the, the accolades oh, of the competitive oh, eating. Un- un- unbelievable. Oh man, 
unbelievable. Well, what it does for me is it sort of it, it curbs the appetite for a little while. Did yeah? Did did, uh, did yeah? I was I was able to uh, I was able to you know. So so last week, Bill, oh. we we were talking um, about the. I found the AL.com poll, a couple of things in the in the SID, the, the, the poll that was released last week. That, see, well, I, I, okay. I didn't see any okay, AL.com so, so last the, week. So the Charles, uh, the, the, the Charles Hollis poll, which, you know, is now, uh, I, I think they should probably name it after him, after the, the work he, he, he used what, to do on the thing. What was it? That's when they, they poll the SIDs in the conference. The AL.com polls the 14 SIDs and asks for a projected order of finish oh, in, in football. And you're not allowed to vote for your own team, so you vote, you know, 1 through 13, and then you vote in the division. And mm-hmm. one thing that I was struck by, Alabama got every first-place vote in the West. Sure. Big surprise. After that, A&M gets every second-place vote. Everyone else gets at least one last-place vote. Like, I mean, the, the conference, there, there is a wide discrepancy of how this conference could shake out. I mean, if you want to say there's, you know, one two is is sort of set upon that a lot of people expect it to be Alabama A and M. I believe, and, I believe, and A&M, it, I, I know. I'm going to believe that when I see it. I am still not a, I am not sold on A and M is about to be pushing for a playoff. And no, and I and I asked uh, what I asked Barrett and Jake and Brian all last week. We were talking about, you know, do you do you pers- do you see a gulf between A and M and everyone else? You know, if, are they clearly if they recruit like they did last year for a couple of more years? Maybe Barrett even wrote a thing about you know why people expect A and M to be Bama's realist competition yeah, from, in, from from one great year. In, in I know the, it was a West, great great year. No, it, it. I just I find the SEC West you know the 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 relative parity you know the difference that the the fact that there doesn't seem to be a big difference between three and seven right now maybe even two and seven. You know, as far as these these six teams behind Alabama going into the division, that's that's unique. I think to to this year. I mean, usually it's not as bunched up on paper between those seven teams, or at least between the six after Alabama, as it is this year. And I have, I mean, it, it could go any number of ways. It's a dice mm-hmm. roll this year as to who's going to, someone's going to have to finish last. Someone's going to have to finish second last. They could be the best last place team in the history of the SEC West. It's not going to That'll make the fan base feel gonna, very good. Yeah. Oh, you're the best yeah. last place team Congratulations. ever. Congratulations. It's like being the nicest guy. It's like being the nicest guy in jail. But but it's uh it, it would it's not going to be enough sugar. I don't know which ones. I think that could be a little more dangerous. It's going to be you know it's going to be uh it's not enough sugar to make that medicine go down. But it, I mean you, you see what I'm saying, right, Bill? I mean you could have a really really talented, really deep. Oh yeah, sixth place SEC West team this year because someone's going to have to finish there in uh, in 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 the conference going in this year. And uh, yeah, who, who can say who it's going to be? All right, uh, Olin, hang on. We, we're going to go ahead and get to our break, so you've got plenty of time. When we come back, you can get in line behind him on the Kia of Auburn Hotline, 334-321-1390. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 18 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews, and let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Olin is up first. Hey, Olin. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing fine. Well, good, good as always. Interesting to listen to you talk and to uh, and have a chance to talk with you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we're right here in the middle of summer, Bill, and it's, of course, 
baseball is raging uh, on the major league level. And, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to say my team appears to be in the hunt. Oh, yeah. Uh, no question. The Car- Cardinals, are, Cardinals looking pretty good. Yeah, well, they, they keep shifting around. And, uh, you know, they changed management this year. And, uh, on field management, it looks like it's made made a difference. Uh, but uh, we've got two real <laughs> top hitters, as you well know. And uh, and uh, it's just a matter of, of continuing to build around them. And uh, my biggest concern, of course, is pitching. Uh, you know, that that's what I saw in the College World Series. Uh, having a dominant pitcher is so vitally important. You, you don't have to have five of them. If you just got one of them, it, it puts you ahead and above most other people. You know what I mean? And um, that's the way I saw the, the College World Series. And and um, I see that in pro ball, too. I mean, hitting comes and hitting goes. Uh, pitching is what creates a uh, a winning uh, a winning uh, team that's able to take it all away, especially when you get to playoffs, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, great pitching still shuts down great hitting. What? Yeah, I said great pitching still can shut down great hitting. Absolutely. And and, and hitting is, is something, I mean, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, when, when two or three people get a hit, then all of a sudden everybody can get a hit. And if nobody can get a hit, then nobody can get a hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's crazy that way. Uh, it's, it's a very, it's uh, hitting appears to me to have more of a, an emotional component to it than pitching does. Okay, uh, but you know, I that's just. I mean, and I look at that across, you know, like college and 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 the major leagues. I see the same thing. We uh, like anything else. Uh, the key to most people is uh, avoiding key injuries and uh, and having your talent play up to its potential. You know, uh, but getting off of baseball real quick uh, on football. I heard y'all talking and. Uh, and I guess, Dan, I, I tell you what now, I agree with you. I think that Auburn can finish eighth in the uh, SEC West if if they approach the game and play the way they did last year, okay? So the key, as far as I'm concerned... There's not an so easy Auburn, There's not an easy win in the whole division, right, Olin? What? There's not an easy win. There's not a, there's not a game you look at and you can chalk up right now. And it, and, and who cares? I mean, everybody's got to play every game anyhow. My point is, it's not an easy game for them either. Okay, it's not just us, it's the other side too. Exactly. Alabama's not going to have a bunch of easy people to play this year either. And I look at it, I look at it this way. I mean, uh, we've been through our, but you aren't going to get any more disappointed than a team. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, than, the, than the callers on radio were than we were at the end of last year. You just can't get any lower than that because we had a, a tremendous down swoop toward the end of the year and just fell totally apart any way you want to look at it. Looking forward, I see some real positives. And the positives I see is our strengths. I think we got the best tight ends in the conference. I think we got as good a running backs as anybody has in the conference. I know that our line is going to be more experienced than it's ever been, and I, I have hope that it's going to even be better than it was. Now, 
if I'm if I'm coaching it, I build my offense around that, and I don't get overly concerned about a twenty yard pass or a thirty yard pass or whatever. I'm going I'm going to have a little different approach to the way I I make my offense operate. I would also have a, a minimum of uh, three in three tight ends on the field all the time. Uh, I would have one at the regular tight end position and one in the running back position. Uh, the, the full, what I call a fullback, a blocking back position, and then one probably on a tight end that would be um, moved in to a little closer to the uh, center than what you normally have. I would use that talent I've got at tight end, and it would be different than most anybody has seen in a long time. I think this coaching staff has got, got the mental talent to handle that. And uh, I, I, what I don't think we have is I don't think we have the ability to do it like we used to do it in the old Pat Dye days, and that is just line up nose to nose and toes to toes, and we're going to beat you to death, okay? No, nope, I don't think we got that kind of team. And uh, I don't think we're going to have a team like we've had where we had could do it with uh, finesse in the uh, Malzahn days. I don't think we got the the, uh, the 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 speed and talent outside to do that, but I do think we have another set of talent that's exceptional. I think our defense will be as good or better than last year. I believe it will be better, and if they could just improve uh, getting scored on by the deep pass, they would be a heck of a lot better. And uh, and they know that, and uh, so that's kind of the way I see it. I'm I'm very positive going in. I think. I think that uh, I think we're going to have, I, for all those teams that are looking at Auburn and checking off and saying this is a win. I, I tell them that they better go back and study their history. They might find out that they're wrong. No, and, this is uh, generally this is generally um, uh, when Auburn plays well when when people start counting them out. And I don't think they're without I don't think they're without talent either. They do need things to go well. Uh, we were talking about it during the break. That uh, you know, if if, uh, if things go well and Auburn can avoid some injuries and you know uh, have have a pleasant surprise or two, sure. Um, but but uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a very narrow sort of uh, uh, window that that Auburn's got. I mean, things do need to go well, but it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. There's there's optimism. We appreciate the phone call and great stuff. There, there's optimism all all over the division right now, you know, between places that recently made a coaching change or places that feel like they've got it rolling. Um and and it's going to be, you know, there's there's going to probably be a reality check or two for somebody oh, yeah. within the league. Oh, and there's and that's not to say it's going to be Auburn cuz Auburn could be the team throwing punches and and someone else could be the team having to realize that the 2022 season didn't go uh, the, the way they were expecting it. But it's a, I mean, it's it's as good one through seven as as I can remember. Yeah, I, mean, I predict they, they won't finish eight. No, they pro- probably <laughs> not. But but the but the uh, the the division. I mean, since since A and M got to, to to the conference, right? It, it feels like one through seven, the West is as good as it's ever been. Right, going into this year, because you've got, I mean, because you had those years where Arkansas was was really far behind the pack. Mississippi State had a couple of years uh, where where they were uh, even Ole Miss post Hugh Freeze. Right, you don't you don't really feel like you have a, a, a team that's and, and the fact that in that that poll I referenced earlier, I mean, there were four different SEC West teams that got at least one last place vote from someone else, you know, from another SID within the conference, uh, tells you, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's... there's uh, somebody, like you said, somebody's got to 
Yeah, finish there. That's that's right. And and a lot of teams that feel pretty good about their season right now may, may end up there. Three three four. Appreciate appreciate the call, Olin. Uh, we're coming up on our bottom of the hour break. We'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to talk about sports wise, we'll uh, we'll go back in in case you weren't with us in uh, in hour number one here in the final half hour uh, w- with Brian. We'll uh, we'll again get his thoughts on um, the the last week in recruiting. Uh, we, we haven't even haven't even mentioned the fact that uh, you know just uh, in 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 a week. In less than a week's time, Alec Kessler has been the property of three different NBA teams now. Yeah, how about that? Walker is being, I mean, he's, Walker, he's, he's I call being, him Alec. <laughs> he's being, a, yeah, I called him Walker Bueller last week. So uh, he's, um, Walker is being traded from the Utah Jazz to the Minnesota, or no, from the, from the Wolves Minnesota to Timberwolves the to the Utah Jazz. Yeah, the uh, the Jazz looking like they're breaking up. They They had a... Uh, you know, a pair of superstars in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Gobert's been Defensive Player of the Year a couple of times. Seemed like if if the Jazz were going to start a rebuild, those would be two pieces they would move. There was a sign when Quinn Snyder quit as the Jazz coach that maybe they were moving towards, uh, you know, starts you know reshuffling the deck and starting over. So Gobert moving to the Timberwolves, a team that's in win now mode after giving two hundred and fifty million dollars to Carl Anthony Towns. You know they're, they're they're trying to maximize their investment. Makes sense. They need to improve their rim protection. And if you're making a deal like that, Walker Kessler is a natural piece for the Timberwolves to include in in the deal. So yeah, I think it's a it's a chance for Walker on a team that won't be counting on him uh, in, in in playoff mode right now. So it's. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a, uh, you know, we're, we're probably not going to, I mean, I, we might get to see Walker a little bit more on the court yeah. because the Jazz could be changing mm-hmm. things up in, uh, in, in the, you know, with, with, with their approach this, this upcoming season. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in as we head into the final half hour here on the Tuesday Drive. to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com and Drew at the controls. And let's head back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Tex is up next. Hey, Tex. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Man, we're doing fine. Uh, Good. Hey, I got a question, Dan. 
did you use the term jail in one sentence and then a Mary Poppins reference in the next sentence? I believe I believe that is that that is uh, that, that is an accurate it's an accurate telling of events. So I got a prediction. If we run three tight ends 100% of the time, Dan will be playing Mary Poppins in a play somewhere. Yeah, it'll it'll be And I don't think I don't think either one of those are happening. I you know I I not every play. Yeah, I, no. I mean I'm I'm not I'm 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 not going to you know I'm I'm open to new ideas, but I also think yeah Auburn's going to need you know it in it more than ever before. It it feels like you need to have an effective passing offense to beat good teams. And there are a lot of good teams on Auburn's schedule. In the conference we play in, more and more you have to be able to throw the football and be to be even remotely close to balance. So I'll bring Brian in on this question. Mm-hmm. Brian, yes. If we run three tight ends a hundred percent of the time, what would the bunker be like? Uh, complete and utter nuclear. Brian, meltdown. Brian will be in no position to have told you because he yeah. will he will have quit. So I mean, Brian, <laughs> Brian's not gonna, Brian's not going to be able to tell you the, the answer to that question. Yeah. It would be miserable. So you know, uh, if you give a team teams in. Today in our league today, you line up with three tight ends. The offensive line had better, but had better be great. At the same time, have two extra guys in the box. I mean, Tex, I'm I'm not going to defend three tight ends all the time, but I do think Auburn has a group of tight ends with skill sets where you could see. I mean, Landon King's now officially uh, designated as a receiver. By the way, on the on the university. A website. Someone someone shared that that he's now listed as as a receiver. But especially if you're including Landon King in this group of receivers, you know you could have someone playing some fullback. You could have someone playing some tight end. You could have guys split out wide. Like I, I do think there's. And again, not saying Auburn needs to do this on every play or even a majority of the time. But I do think it, you know there's, there's going to be some creativity and some imagination in how all these different tight ends are are, are utilized or or who, who is utilized and when. Oh, no, I agree with that totally because you can get some great matchups if you put the guys in the right places in the formation and use motion. But in order for you to run, if you line up, and I, the statement was made as a regular tight end and as a fullback, if you line up 100% of the time with, with five offensive linemen, a tight end, a fullback, and a tailback, you're without a quarterback that can pull it and run with it and cause havoc and throw the ball – on some uh, RPO-type situations, in this league, you're going to get crushed. They can, the defense is going to be lined up between... Yeah, all, all, with, all within eight yards go. of the line of scrimmage. Right. I mean, we, we haven't seen the we haven't seen the best offenses in the conference. I mean, I'm just just in recent year, I'm thinking about like Kentucky and A and M last year were, were were teams that tried to do sort of power running with an accurate strong-armed, relatively immobile quarterback behind an offensive line that was, you know, that was really trying to beat teams with the run game. I mean, you can, if if you're good at it, like, you, you can, I mean, you can contend, but I agree, balance has never been more important. Like, you need, you're, you're going to need to be able, teams will dare you to throw the football, and if you can't, uh, then, then your punter is, is, is going to, best case scenario, your punter is going to be on the field. Now, if our front five can move guys out of the way, then all things change. If they if they can create running lanes, if they can yeah, create but they can't do lanes, it against seven or eight. Correct. So, but even if 
I mean, I love the old counter tray we used to run where we pull two guys and we zone block all the way down and cut back with our tailback. We haven't run that in a while, and it works great with a tight end. So uh, I agree. Our tight ends are extremely, extremely talented. But 100% of the time, mm, uh, I think that would be a time when most Auburn fans would be miserable. And uh, if if we ended up, I will tell you this, I, I wasn't totally miserable at the end of the season. I wasn't happy. But if we go four and eight, I'll be way more miserable this year. Tight ends are like uh, it's like it's like stuffing in Thanksgiving dinner, right? You don't want a plate that's nothing but you don't want a plate that's nothing but stuffing, right? Like you want you want some Correct. other you want some other things on the plate too. Correct. Yeah, we'll, we'll, right, we'll get to that in we'll get to that when you get closer to November. Stuffing versus dressing, yeah. but I mean, yeah. So my, uh, my, my couple dressing, other things. dressing all the way. Uh, sorry, yeah. sorry about that, guys. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't raised by Southerners. Man, we, <laughs> well, there's man, a we never got stuffing is inside, dressing's outside. Dan, we never got to finish our discussion on who was hotter, Ole Miss or Arkansas. Oh, that's true. You want to reconsider? Yeah, Ole Miss ended yeah. up. Ole Miss uh, ended up the hottest. You know what? Oh, I, yes. I, 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 about an inning, about an inning into that game, I said, "Nah, I think I think Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss might win this whole thing." Yeah, Olin was they, right on that. Didn't pitching, lose again. Pitching was was, was amazing. Pitching. Yes, dominating pitching. And, and now you look up, and and Bianco is the coach of the national team. So. Uh, he went from getting fired or about to be run out of town to uh, a big trophy, a big raise, and coaching the national team over the summer. Yeah, and uh, and 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 how about uh, Joseph Gonzalez making the uh, yep. making the making the team? So that that's very. I wasn't impressive. sure. I didn't catch you early. I didn't know if you had mentioned that. That's that's a huge honor. Oh yeah, no question. Look look at that team. Wow. And, and those are the non-draftable guys. That's right. The non-draft eligible guys. Yep, that's twenty-six non-draft eligible. I'm, I'm really, players. I'm really excited to seeing Joseph jo- Joseph Gonzalez next year. is is one of the more intriguing things about next year's baseball team. And what makes him great too, Dan, is the weight, not uh, the tempo at which he pitches. If you're playing defense for a guy like that, there's no wasted time. There's no walking down. He realizes the catcher can throw the ball back sixty feet. So he doesn't have to walk halfway down and get it and come back. He's on the mound. He's ready to go, and he's always around the strike zone. I, I watched. I, I watched a pitcher this weekend who could not have taken longer on the on the mound. It was it was a Clevenger in in San Diego. It is I mean that guy that guy takes. I mean, it, it's got to be the absolute limit of as long as you can take before the umpire's well, going to say something. I mean, he's, I mean, yeah. Watch, watch. First of all, he's got to be able to see. Watch Clevenger the next time he pitches in San Diego. It, it is unbelievable. I mean, it's the exact opposite of what you're talking about, Tex. Yeah, yeah. And one last thing, I love Olin, especially his love for the Cardinals, and I agree a hundred percent. Even though there's been a management change, I think or a manager change, I think that. Uh, the Cardinals may make a deep run this year. Oh, I, I I would not be surprised at all. Yes. Hey, Bill. By the way, I was down. I was in Orange Beach for two days. My son was coaching a team out of Atlanta in uh, in a World Series down in Gulf Shores. Uh huh. Was there as many people in in Pensacola as there was in Gulf Shores? Uh, I mean, it was it. <laughs> We we I felt fortunate that we were there mostly during the week and not the uh, not the weekend. So I mean, it was full, but it wasn't packed. I mean, we could always find a place near you know near the water when we walked down to the beach. All right, so Monday and Tuesday, I'm leaving. To, well, we got there Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. 
Tuesday I'm leaving. 42 minutes to get an elevator to go down. Oh, oh man. Oh. With no, all our thank, stuff trying thank, to head thank, back. Thank goodness. No, thank goodness it wasn't anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, it, there's uh, people are saying the economy's bad. They need to go to Gulf Shores. Gee whiz. It's unbelievable. I, all right, you know, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it, Tex. I just, had to have the band back together. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Text. Hey, don't, don't be a stranger. We'll talk to you soon. No, I, I, I appreciate the, the beach itself more there in Pensacola. I mean, I, I, like be, I like being able to walk out and be in fairly deep water before I'm, you know, exhausted from walking that far. 334 <laughs> 321 Anything on your mind, sports-wise? A lot, a lot of different things we've discussed here this afternoon. Uh, while, while we've got a little bit of time before we get to our final break, Brian, let everybody know some of the things they can find uh, when they go to auburnsports.com. Saw JG put up a uh, rundown just a yep. little while ago. Did that earlier today, and uh, we'll continue to have uh, recruiting coverage as uh, many of Auburn's top targets uh, make their decisions. Um, I've started my little uh, preseason previews of, of each uh, opponent coming up, my little sneak peeks. Um, so that'll be there. And uh, were you already in Georgia? No, I st- started uh, today with um, Mercer. Oh, okay. So I'm was, working my way up. I, I'm reluctant to bring this back up, but it, w- was it last week that you posted your sort of update of every position group and and where things had uh, where where things had changed? I want to I want to say transfer some, track. Trans- yeah, the transfer right, track. Right. Yep. And, yeah, and it let, I did see that. Let folks know where where Auburn had. I think that was the first. As far as I could tell, um, I think that might have been the first note from a reporter about Jeremiah Wright switching to defensive line. No, I think it had been reported elsewhere. Had it been reported yeah. elsewhere? Okay, because I, I was trying to find it sort of like re- reports on it. But but so And, th- and that happened a couple of weeks ago after, after yes. spring practice was over. Yes. Uh, that, 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 uh, let, let's talk about that a little bit. I, I mean, don't know if we've talked about it on the show. That should tell yeah. you a couple of things. Yes. That should tell you, one that they're not terribly displeased with what they have right now on the offensive line. Right. Brandon Council's come back healthier than expected. That that helps out there. And Cameron Stutz has stepped up, um, had a good offseason, so he's in there competing now. So I think they feel better about the guard position. And Jeremiah Wright wanted to play defensive yeah. line. Auburn is Auburn is pretty deep there yes. on the interior yes. of the defensive line. Yes, I mean, you brought in Jason Jones there. Jeffrey uh, you, Mba. Yeah. Who, um, from what we were told, uh, is having a terrific offseason mm-hmm. and has um, just uh, innate quickness as good as any defensive lineman they've seen. Uh, so, you know, he's a guy that maybe starts out getting in the rotation, but as he gains experience, you can see him really coming on this season and having a, a big year and, and being a future star at Auburn. Yeah, so I mean, I, I look and they're, they're 11 or 12 yeah. interior defensive linemen. Yep. And that's for three positions, right? Defensive end, defensive tackle, nose guard, basically. And, and a lot of those guys can mm-hmm. play two or three different spots right. there. And then you get your edge guys. And, uh, you know, I, I think we mentioned earlier, but edge is probably the only place where you worry about depth on the defense. Any position groups, you know, in, in breaking down uh, the receivers, the running backs, the tight ends, and, and any any group that you're you're really interested to see, you know, in, in the – uh, in, in fall practice, sort of how the how the coaching staff plans on using them and, and what the rotation uh, could end up looking like? Well, on offense, I think wide receiver is as wide open as any position, right? Where, where do the two um, transfers fit in? Where yeah. some and uh, No idea who leads this team in catches this year. Right, right. And no then, idea who's going to do it. Where do the freshmen fit in? You know, we've heard good things about Cannon Brown. We've heard good things about um, the kid from Hewitt. Uh, 
can't think of his name off the top of my head, but um, oh man, I've been gone. Uh, uh, Amari uh, or uh, uh, Kelly? Yeah, Amari Kelly. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And um, you I've, know, heard, I've heard Coy Moore looks great. Yeah, yep. And uh, you know, a guy like Shedrick, does he catch? You know, a dozen passes this year, or does he catch thirty or forty passes? I, I don't know. J- Javarius Johnson, same question. Yeah, I think. I mean, Javarius no, Johnson, somebody who you know went the portal, oh, yeah. came back, yep. I mean, and and somebody who you know at at times last year. It seemed like there were there was a plan for him on offense. Auburn Auburn would look to him on third down at, at times last year, which sort of gives you the indication, you know, when, when it's a big third down and that receiver is getting getting the ball, like you know maybe that's the plan. But and and we've heard good things at times. I mean about uh, Tavares Dawson and Jay Fair. I yeah. mean so <laughs> yeah. I mean it, there I, I think there's talent there. It's just how does it shake out and do the guys step up? Yep and. Um... You know, you never know. Maybe a guy like Zayvon Capers finally gets it together, right? And, and, he's, so, he's and a, again, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a big guy a that junior, can run. Yeah. yeah. And again, officially, Landon King is yes. in this group, too, right. which, you know, you got to keep in mind who's. You I know, still consider him a tight end, even though he's listed as wide receiver, but he is a big wide receiver. Or he, a, I almost I, tight end. I just say, yeah. I say just he's more of a receiver than a t- than than what you consider a real tight end. Yeah. He's a pass catcher, right? Because yeah, he can also do some right. blocking. He can also, you know, he could. Yeah, they be, can just name, just pass catcher. Yeah, don't he, call him receiver or tight end. Just call him pass catcher. Yeah, because he could be anywhere. I mean, he could be lined up anywhere on the field. I mean, you might see. I mean, anyway, that Landon King's an interesting one. You in that breakdown of the uh, Brian Matthews in your the transfer tracker, uh, you told people not to forget about Brendan Frazier. It was also somebody that you know a, a, a tight end that, uh, that that people think. Uh, it, it, I mean, you remember the buzz in twenty twenty, yep. And then you know, it, it injury plagued twenty twenty one. Couldn't really get out there. There have been a couple of players. Uh, well, you, know, you saw that, him. That you I've saw him in the eight day game show his hands. Right, and the one thing uh, that uh, the previous call was right about is you are going to see three tight ends at times, right? Yeah, they're they're going to mix in there. That's going to sure. be part of the offense. I have no problem with that. You just can't right. do it every single play. And when that's the case, I think that gives Brandon much better. Uh, chance to be in that rotation yep. right he's a really big guy he's gotten stronger more physical which has helped him out a lot and uh he looked pretty good catching the ball with his mm-hmm. hands too like as you mentioned so you got shinker the graduate guy the guy you can rely on who broke uh, auburn's you know tight end receiving record last year back that's a huge plus luke deal and tyler, uh, tyler from. from are very experienced and you add brandon frazier to that landon king wide receiver luke, tight end luke like. deal luke deal and tyler from to me are like are like Killian Zier and Brendan Coffey, right? And it's almost like they're mentioned as a pair. And I mean, Killian's, Killian's playing a little bit more than Brendan out to where you right. can sort of. Well, they came in together. Came in together, same yeah. position. You know, you sort of, you know, let's see if one. And it, yeah, I think with both of them, I mean, if, if either of those guys are number one on the depth chart at tight end at the end of the season, it's not going to be that shocking based on the work they've put in and glimpses of, of what they've been able to do, depending on what happens, you know, at, at tight end. If, if yeah. Fromm or Deal were to break through and, and become, especially with a new quarterback, become a preferred option for whoever is now playing quarterback for Auburn, um, you know, w- wouldn't be all that surprising. And they're just two of five or six options. What do you know about, since we're talking about every player at the position, what do you know about uh, Riley Ducker? Uh, uh, the, I the think new, he's... New, the, the incoming tight end. I think the, a year from now he'll be a, a complete tight end, right? I think he'll get his feet wet this season. May or may not redshirt, you know, but... Um, Special teams, you, I yep. mean, you, you can do something like that. But, but he has all the tools to be a tight end that can be a blocker and a receiver and, and be a, a playmaker there. So I, I like his future a lot. I, I, I think that is the most talented position on, on offense, for sure. 334-321-1390. You got time for a call or two, but we need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Tuesday Drive. 
and live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Final few minutes of the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Dan, and our, our thanks to Brian Matthews for uh, coming in today. Uh, we, we always we always uh, appreciate Brian being with us and, of course, add so much uh, insight there and everything Thank that's you. going on. Appreciate that. Love to be here. Uh, so let's see. The, the immediate, is, is there anything like that we need to be sort of keeping an eye on here in the in the immediate future i'm thinking i don't know of any big announcements yeah, that are scheduled either. like in the next few days um so a lot of activity mm. over the july 4th weekend yes, yes. commitments and yes. things and like well, na- nationally yes could you yeah, have there was i mean could, all double digits could, could there be could there be players sort of confirming they're coming to big cat like could there be that sort of thing happening i know you've got that you know that and when is big cat it, uh, end july, of the month right uh, july 30th i think is the saturday whatever that saturday is the last, yeah, the last saturday. saturday yeah yeah, so I mean, so so maybe that's I mean, you know that 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 could be the next, you know, at least on the recruiting calendar, that could be the next really big. Yes, we, well, we, it's we, gonna be it's gonna be the Robert. last big thing before the season. And we're working we're working on uh, that list now. Um, getting, uh, I'm not sure they've sent out official invitations yet or anything like that, but uh, uh, we'll have you know that list put together over time, and um, you know I would expect twenty to thirty or more guys here, top targets in twenty three, twenty four, and twenty five mm-hmm. classes. Now and and those those aren't that's not an official visit right. what that will be because that's right. something people a lot of times think well with all the official visits you've already had you're not going to have any left these aren't official visits. these aren't they're coming in with their families and spending a couple of nights and things like that it's just a big day and it's an you opportunity could, to meet other other yeah, class of 23 and try to players. try to build some chemistry hopefully for the future at this place, I imagine exactly. Auburn would want the four commitments, you know, there with oh, the with absolutely. the perspective, sure. with the, yeah. and, and maybe you pick up a commitment or two, or you've got something, you know, planned for for, for one of those kids to announce. They, they will try to set up some commitments around that, either yes. during or right after. That'll mm-hmm. be an important part of it. Um, you could technically have official visitors that weekend, but I'm not expecting yeah, any. Yeah, you could, but I mean, but that, but just don't think that that's going to be 20 official no, visits. No, or anything. I, I think Auburn's next official visitors will be the Penn State. Right weekend for that game, mm-hmm. and then I think two weeks after that is LS. No, Georgia. But, Wait, but no, no. Big Cat is a, LSU, right? It's Missouri and yeah, the LSU. Georgia's on the road. P- yeah. Penn State, Penn State, Missouri, LSU. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. To so, back to back. so probably Penn State, LSU. Are the, the two good ones. But but Big Cat has always been and continues to be a great argument to spend an official visit at Auburn down the road. Right, right. you come to Big Cat mm-hmm. and you're so you leave. Come back for a game. In theory, maybe you, officially you yes. leave so impressed that you want to then right. take one of your official visits to Auburn, and that that was sort of why Big Cat was revolutionary at at the time. And you know if Auburn can uh, if Auburn can use it to to, to land some. Some big commitments for the you know for twenty three and twenty four that would uh, you know it would it would bode well for Brian Harson going into the season. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Auburn in the past has got around fifty percent of their big cat visitors. Uh, you know, never signed. been this late though. Right, exactly. It's usually been around the end of May, early mm-hmm. June. 
but just because of the recruiting calendar and how many official visits you have to have in June. I'm glad it's back. You can also see a little bit more energy around campus than you do uh, you know, when, when, when they usually do Big Cat Weekend because there are so few students around for a traditional Big Cat Weekend. You'll see more people around you know, end, end of July, beginning of August. I mean, that's a move, that's a move out, move in weekend. That's right. I so, think I mean, August 1st is maybe when uh, they move in for the start of Rush, possibly. That's right. I believe you're right. Lot, so lot there'll of, be a lot of folks yes. getting, getting toward My you. youngest will be going through that. A lot, lot of places... Oh, wow. uh, yeah. A lot, a lot of places. You know, J- July thirtieth, your last day. So I think, I think that'll be a, a, a you know, a lively weekend around the city. Brian, again, uh, thanks for coming in. Let everybody know how they can uh, follow you too. Yeah, just check me out auburnsports.com and follow me on Twitter at bmatau. That's going to wrap things up for the Tuesday edition of the Drive. Uh, we're back tomorrow. Jason Caldwell should be with us for hour number one. And. Uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll check in with Jake Crane at, at the bottom of hour number two. That's right. Going to talk with uh, Jake Crane tomorrow at five thirty as we've uh, moved him from uh, from today to tomorrow for the uh, for the week. All right, that's going to do it for the uh, Tuesday drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.